Hello, folks. Welcome to Court Cell Wellness. I'm your host, Brandon St. Croix, former athlete and current social worker. On today's episode, we will be sitting down with Reggie Clark, football player from the University of North Carolina and journeyman in the NFL. Today, we will be talking about his own battle with mental health as an athlete, the stigma of mental health in the sport community and change that have happened, as well as his own journey through recovery and treatment. We will also discussing advice for other athletes and changes necessary in the sport community. Thank you and enjoy. And folks, we're back with Reggie Clark, former NFL player and former Tar Heel. Thanks, Reggie, for joining us. Thanks for having me. So, Reggie, like I said, just tell us a bit about yourself and your own experience. Um, well, I'm a former professional football player of the NFL, um, kind of a journeyman, um, originally from Charlotte, North Carolina, and attended the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill on a football scholarship. Um, uh, let's see, uh, long story short, like once I retired from football, um, it was early on before, like, uh, you know, the issue was about concussions and the traumatic experience and, you know, the mental health is um, where it's on its way to be, which is a lot better nowadays. So my experience was nine years from a misdiagnosis that ended up um, t- on the wrong side uh, than I had planned on early on in life. And um, like I said, it took about nine years. And at the time so they found out what, what I was going through, you know, I, I think I had like a month before I missed my deadline and I would have gotten no help at all. Um, but, you know, stroke of luck, um, got in for the deadline, found out that it was a misdiagnosis and that it was uh, uh, it was post-concussion syndrome. Um, but what that enabled me to do is kind of have a, a look at a side of mental health from from being in it, um, an inside look at how it uh, how it was, how it's how it's run then. Um and which made me, you know, take responsibility myself to figure out, you know, what if there was anything that I could figure, I could do to help myself. And seems like a five years of education, you know, um, which ended up being good information that I've been able to share over the years and continue to improve my health and like reach out to folks and um, kind of, you know, direct them in a direction that's more amenable to their uh, um, production, positive production as far as getting better. And in terms of yourself, like I said, it was a, you know, a long standing battle in terms of finding out, hey, what was going on, what isn't going on. For yourself, what were some of the concerns that you were, you were having with your own mental health? Um, it was like, um, you know, it, it, with it being a, a brain injury, a traumatic brain injury, at that time it was kind of hard to, difficult to, you know, which direction do I go to focus on this? And, you know, this is pre uh, uh, Senate and Congress hearings here in the United States. So, um, you know, it was still kept hushed um, until, you know, you had these guys starting to commit suicide and the voices started getting a little louder and uh, the attention um, that should have been on it years ago started being put on, the, um, you know, the whole issue. Um, and, you know, looking at 20 years ago as compared to, or even 10 years ago or five years ago compared to where we are today, 
Um, the process is so much better. Um, I continue to, to be in the studies and um, um, NFL and uh, hospital funded studies about traumatic brain injuries and mental health. And um, I'm just so impressed at where, how far they've come in such a short amount of time. Um, you know, I, I just have to get, you know, big up the, uh, the medical community and the doctors that have put in the time to kind of like help us find um, our ways back to our best selves. And you put in a lot of work yourself in terms of, you know, you're doing your own research, find out what, you know, literature is saying, find out what the best research is saying. So, again, you put in a lot of, you know, your own work and effort and time. And walk us through that journey for us. Um, in the, it, it took, it took, let's see, the first test, uh, at first it took for me to get out of denial. Then it, it took for me to, unfortunately, I, I got lucky. There was a study going home here in Charlotte with, uh, 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 a facility called HealthSpan, Dr. Brown, who's now retired, they were trying to use neurofeedback to treat post-concussion syndrome or see if it worked or not. And my experience compared to others, I saw the, I noticed a difference in about five treatments and, and I was asking the question, well, what is that? How does that help? How does that work? And it led me down this, you know, this black hole of knowledge that like, just was so intriguing. I just couldn't put the books down. And um, I ended up calling these doctors that had written these books, New York Times bestsellers, and, you know, trying to get some FaceTime with them and, you know, just asking, I guess, asking the right questions. And, you know, the more I asked, the more they led me in the direction of, you know, this knowledge of self-knowledge and self-preservation. And, um, you know, lo and behold, uh, finally, three, about three years ago, everything just kicked in. Um, so, you know, it's almost a uh, almost twenty year journey, um, and I was I was recently in a study with you with the UPMC University Medical Center of Pittsburgh, um, Harvard, and funded by the NFL. And like they some of the issues I didn't know I had that were hidden by being a professional athlete, like the, uh, some of the anxiety, social anxiety issues. It came out that I'd always had that, and. It made me think of moments where that's what it was, when unexplainable moments of something that happened, you know, zero to 100 or 100 to zero. And um, I could it was unexplainable during my younger days. Um, and they opened that up to me and told me that's something they found also. So um, we're working to get that better. And the thing I love about this, these new studies is that these doctors look at me and commend me on the job that I've done, but also let me know that you're even going to improve more than where you are today. So that light, the end of the tunnel. And there's two big points that I think you brought up in that answer as well, where one is around the denial, where oftentimes, you know, there's a strong sense of denial where people say, you know what, I'm worried to kind of reach out, or what does that mean for reach out? Or, you know, is there going to be any change? So, you know, would you say that's the big one of the biggest barriers that athletes or former athletes have is working through that level of denial? Yes, it's you know it's, it's such a the issue of uh, mental health is still a stigma is stigmatized, and um, until you can you know open up and acknowledge it's a problem without it being a problem, um, it's never going to get better. Um, I mean, me, me myself and I'm sure many others uh, look at it like primary medicine. You know, mental health uh, um, approaches should be approach the same as primary medicine um because it, it starts there you know what i mean like uh 
if healthy body, healthy mind, and vice versa. Yeah. And because oftentimes, you know, if you had a hundred athletes go out and break their arm, and you said, okay, only fifty percent of those athletes are going to get a cast. We kind of look at the other fifty percent and say, okay, why aren't you going to cast? It makes no sense. But yeah, when it comes to mental health, hundred athletes are having struggles with their mental health. Only fifty percent reach out, and that's being high when we're saying fifty percent. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and, and you know, once it's, once it's acknowledged, you know, it's easy to accept. I mean, like the majority of us have some kind of issue, um, and you know, I don't. We stigmatized it from the beginning, and nowadays, you know, it's like. Uh, you know, no one wants to hear that, but that's your road to recovery there. And, uh, yeah, I just don't – now, where I am now, it's like I'm so open about it, and I've, I've noticed many other people are open, open about it, and, uh, you know, because it helps them improve. And that's where change happens because, again, you know, if we look at it and say, okay, we're not going to talk about it, then nothing changes. But if we talk about it, normalize it, and every athlete says, okay, you know what, I'm open to talk about it. I'm going to talk about my experiences. Coaches talk about it. Administrations talk about it. Then it yeah. becomes no different than a physical health concern. Exactly. And what I've noticed here um, in commercials, I see now uh, um, celebrities and athletes, you know, with these commercials opening up, and then you see the incident, the Olympics uh, with, um, oh, God, the gymnast not participating because of her mental health, and you know, and I, I acknowledge them for that, man. You know, that, that's stress. Uh, you think about the, um, the, uh, the, the, the glitz. When you get there to be a professional, you know, you never think about the grind. You know what I mean? And it's like that's, that's the road. That, that's, that's the focus there. Um, so. And was that ever a conversation? Like I said, you know, you played for Pittsburgh Steelers in the 90s. Was that ever a conversation around mental health or mental well-being or taking care of your mental health? No, 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 no. You know, back then, man, it's more like, you know, the dinosaur days. Uh, it was always, you know, push forward, suck it up. Um, you know, like, it's just a bruise. Uh, but not, think, you're not, you know, you're not able to touch on what's going on inside, really. And, you know, to be on that stage, man, every Sunday or, you know, every every game day, you have these millions of eyes on you. And, you know, the the way that, you know, you it's ingrained in you to, you know, you focus on this here, you keep your focus on this here. You know, it, it, it's it can become debilitating. You know, um, so I'm glad I'm glad some of these athletes stand up, and I, I think myself, you know, and that's that's one of the things I'll um, input in what I'm trying to do is that, yeah, we we, we have mental health days. You know, um, make it acceptable. And that's one of the great points. Again, you know, oftentimes people think okay athletes is that war mentality can't back down can't show weakness got to push forward but again why does that cost it's caused a ripple effect of mental health concerns for athletes you know during and after their career right exactly 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 it's just it's taking it's definitely taking this toll i see guys i see some of my former uh friends and teammates now that uh still had acknowledged it and they push forward but i see it comes out in different things every different uh like behavior that you know can ends up being disruptive um so they aren't they never they you know they still don't get to that reach that potential been fully healthy and in your own journey of recovery what would you say you know is one of the biggest lessons that you've learned um acknowledging the problem and accepting it yourself and you know, don't be afraid to, 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 to you know, come out and, and speak about it. Um, 
it's your world being. And you may end up helping somebody else. And of course, you're going to uh, meet your den- den- deniers. But, uh, you know, even even they deep down inside believe. And in terms of, you know, the work that you've done, like I said, you, you worked with uh, Carolina Health Span Institute in terms of the work there. And again, you've branched off and kind of worked on some of your own initiatives and your own projects. Uh, tell us kind of, where, you know, what the direction for yourself has been in, in recent days. Um, it's just to... Uh... It's, it's to keep on keeping on, so to speak, to where like enough people know the story. And it's kind of like to, to use it, uh, use the platform now to continue to um, destigmatize it and just have people open up and accept that, you know, it's, it's a problem. But it's all it could also be your genius in that problem once you learn how to, you know, acknowledge and, and deal with what it is, um, you know. And like I said, you know, over the last, you know, 10, 20 years, there's been a lot of changes in terms of mental health and sport community. What would you say has been the biggest change that you've seen? Um, just people coming out more, like I see the commercials talking about it. You see athletes taking, you know, days off um, um, because of, of, of an issue. Um and just more people speaking up about it. And then I see, you know, even the ways to get to doctors, uh, making it more accessible. Um, but I still think where we need to go as far as like the, the approach side, or especially the medicinal side is that like these medications, pharma, big pharma, you know, I still think there's a thing there with, uh, it's, it's more important about the money. And even though we get on these, these pills and we still don't get to the heart of the issue. So if you're going to, Offer that, then offer, you know, the steps to get to the heart of the issue that's causing the problem. I think it's a great point there because, again, you know, looking at the pharmaceutical side is only one side of it. There's a whole other side of it when it comes to the mental health side around the emotions, around the feelings, around the, you know, the cognitive behavioral side of an individual. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Totally agree. And in terms of, you know, what change needs to happen? Is that from a organizational standpoint or do you feel that from a you know a player association point or what needs to change in order to have that transition i think i think more of the athletes are taking uh you know they're using their platform to um to kind of you know, like, like step to these social issues man um because they they're looking in the mirror more and they have a powerful much more powerful platform with social media and being understanding who they are and the position that they are and that you know like part of that job is to reach out to the next man you know Pull him up. And you talked about it earlier. There's a kind of a deadline where, okay, if things don't get addressed before deadline, then, like I said, you know, you're kind of stranded in, in, on your own in that cases. Yeah. But in terms of what happens for an athlete, you know, if it's 20 years after or, you know, whatever the deadline is, is there support for athletes after their career is finished? Uh, yes, 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 yes. I'm, you know, it took me all along what I was going through in the early days. Like, my teammates were trying to direct me to it, but I just, I was in a, in a brain space to where, you know, I don't know what it was. Um, but I just didn't, I couldn't take the steps. I didn't have time to listen to what that, you know, I just didn't be- believe them in my delusion. Um, but as I found out over these past 20 years, man, it, it has sped up. It's just, it's like light speed. It, it's out there. I mean, just new approaches and the new work they're doing. And um, especially in my position with the, with the concussions, the, 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 the traumatic brain injuries and, you know, life after that, finding that new norm. So um, I'm just grateful to have been in the position that I was in, I, that I've been in 
and to have access to it. But I would love to see today to where some of these integrative and, and, and functional approaches are more accessible to um, a majority and here in the U.S. especially to where it can be accepted by insurance to help out. And it sounds like that's one of the biggest barriers is that in terms of gaining access and having adequate access. Yes. Yes. Sir. Um, I mean, just like just thinking back 20 years ago, like remember being in the in the public mental health place and it was, I don't know, just like I was in a little talk and I was out. Um, never did get a conversation on what it really was. So to, and I couldn't really, it wasn't help to explain what was going on inside, you know, how I felt. Um, you know, but I survived it in, in, in the right amount of time. I got to the right people. And in terms of, I remember one of the conversation we had, you know, many years ago at in Atlanta, and you talked about the book, The Body Keeps the Score. Yes. Where, like I said, that body mind connection where, you know, our body recognizes what's happening well before our mind even does. That's right. That's, that's so right. That's so right. Um, um, yeah, it's, it's just like I said before, the healthy body, healthy mind. And, you know, most of what I found out with that is that, you know, I would have situations where I would have a bad uh, issue with my with my gut and it would cause something with my brain, you know. And so I, I research found a research paper on the brain gut connection, second brain. Um, and I brought it up several times, like, you know, uh, for instance, uh, my career was, yeah, I had to take some painkillers and anti-inflammatories. And, you know, throughout that time, it takes its toll on your digestive system. So it, it was messing me up here and causing the brain fog here. So. You know, that's, that's double trouble. And but like I said, it's to go and figure that out, you know, like that's not my that wasn't my specialty, but I just Google in something and find it and put in the time to how is that relating to myself? So And what do you think needs to be added? Because again, you know, for you you were lucky enough that you took the initiative on your own to do that research. But what do you think needs to be added to decrease the barriers for current or former athletes? Um Um uh, maybe there, there's a, there's a therapist or like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they have some of these in some places to where it's a check-in, you know, it's a check-in or it, it's, or you're, somebody watches and they can, and they see something, some change in your behavior or something. Um, you know, and I've seen it done in other areas. I mean, heck, they got security teams watching when you go out at night. So to be able to watch, you know, to look out and, Check your antics out some of the times. Uh, make sure things are cool because you know we 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 have that pride thing. We're not we're not gonna open up about hey man, I got these issues. So well, I see more nowadays, but you know it's still that ego thing that holds us back to asking for help. But having someone like I said who could help kind of navigate system, kind of help to be able to say okay, this is what supports right there. Right. Like I said, it would decrease the barriers for individuals and. It probably increased access and awareness for athletes, you know, both at a current and former level as well. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, I believe, I believe, you know, another thing that saved me too was my community. You know, I'm being, being from where I am and people watching me grow up and then going back and, you know, uh, like figuring out when they first noticed something different about me. You know, I, I found out from a high school friend I hadn't seen in, 30 years and had lunch and she says, yeah, I know in 97 there was something wrong. And I was like, wow, you're the first person that told me that. And like, uh, 
I'll ask people now, did you notice anything early on? And, you know, yeah, they, they, they'll, they'll think and they'll let me know. I'm like, okay, I, I had no idea. Yeah. So. And what do you think the hesitation was about talking about it? What do you think people said, okay, I noticed it, but I didn't want to say it? I, I, I don't know. I guess it's that thing of trying not to dig too deep or just not – like, we, who knew in 97 that, you know, our brains were causing us to have behavior changes. And, um, yeah, I mean, you just, don't, you just don't know or just, you know, just didn't consider it. And when she, she didn't come out until I told the story, like, when she asked where I've been. So then she relayed relate, it, like, oh, I remember. I get it now. Okay. Yeah. Everyone started to click in and kind of all the pieces of the puzzle came together. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because there's a lot of aspects to it. Because again, it's one, you know, going from your hometown to, okay, I'm getting a athletic scholarship to the University of North Carolina. You know, a big deal. Then getting on to the next level in the NFL is a big level. All those transition points. And then, yeah. you know, into retirement. All those transition points alone outside of the traumatic brain injury can be a lot. It, can, it very much, very much so, because then there, you know, once it's done, and you know, you're not aware of the issues yet, uh, and you're trying to transition into, you know, your regular life. Uh, you know, though, though I was, you know, putting forth an effort, you know, the, I, these I, I didn't know then all these things, little things are happening, and like other people are noticing. And um, I think it took about three years before I had to, I got myself in to get checked out. Um, so, but it, like I say, it goes back to that community, on having that community connection where somebody's going to say something and notice and be brave enough to step up and say, hey, man, let's check this out. Yeah. So, yeah, very important. It sounds like having that support network is something that, you know, every athlete should keep in mind no matter what phase of their career that they're in. Exactly. Very important. And, you know, there's times when it comes when it comes on, I, I see, I noticed a couple incidents, like especially last summer, a guy, a former player here, you know, he had an incident where he ended up murdering several people, then shot, turned the gun on himself. And uh, when I hear the stories about, yeah, we noticed that lately he was doing a lot of stuff on his own. He was becoming recluse. And, you know, if you, if you see that, if you see something, say something. Um, but, you know, I guess, uh, some people just have a different outlook, like that maybe they're digging too much or whatever. But if you if you care, you know, say something. Sometimes often we take a step back and we kind of, as a bystander, we say, okay, we'll just let it go. But really, what benefit is that to the individual at the end of the day? No, no benefit at all, man. If, if you if you like if you're trying to be part of the solution, then like step up, step up, and it, it's out there now. Um, I can name several incidences where um, a police stop turned into something disastrous and turns out the guy had TB, traumatic brain injuries. And, you know, like you hear these, uh, you hear the tapes come out later on, you hear the wives telling the authorities that this guy has a traumatic brain injury, he didn't understand you, and, and then it turns, you know, drastic. Yeah. So, like, yeah, that's 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 part of the acknowledging and you know having a better understanding on how to approach folks in that mental state. And even in terms of like I said, going back to those transition points, those are big adjustments in its own, and the mental and the identity part of that of okay, who am I now? Who am I at this phase? You know, no matter if we're going you know 
up into your origin career or you know it was the you know the ending of your career as well those transition points can, and those gaps that go with that can yeah. be you know have a huge mental impact as well yeah it definitely can and you know you mentioned something earlier like coming out and you have to learn that new norm um especially after you you've knowledge you have an issue like it's probably taking me about four years to get it down like my new norm um First several years were just frustration because I knew I could do this stuff I'd done it before, but I couldn't do it anymore or at the rate or speed that I've been doing it before. And, you know, I had a friend tell me, um, Reggie, you have to, yes, you have a new norm now. So you have your whole lifestyle changes. And I finally accepted it. And I love the pace. I, I love it. I mean, I, I can't believe where I am, where I am today. Just, you know, finally grasping what's going on and, you know, moving forward. And once you had the acceptance and put in the work and made the changes, what were some of the biggest changes you noticed about your your new norm? Um, my approach to stress, my approach to like folks, and because um, uh, I had I noticed I had, over the years I had gotten less patient, and after acknowledging everything, getting the right treatment, that you know my approach to stress because it's all about reaction. You know, it's it's like some people are going to act towards you or incidents going to act towards you. And it's up to you how you react to the incident. And I, 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 that, that was one of the biggest changes is just understanding that I'm in control of my reaction, you know, just, and that's what, that's, that's was the biggest harm before just, you know, like little thing could take off and, you know, you're a hundred miles per hour, you know, you skip 50 and 60 and you're straight there and don't know how you got there. Um, so now it's like, yeah, I can pace, how I react to certain things and, you know, think about it and figure out what it is. Uh, I may take a little long, but that, that, that length of time comes <laughs> down all the anxiety. So, you know, it's become a blessing, so to speak. And like I said, everybody's journey is going to look a bit different. But what is one word of advice you would give, like I said, no matter if it's a current athlete or a former athlete, in terms of, you know, adjusting to, you know, that change? Um. Uh, knowing going in now that it could happen and then just keeping check, just keeping on top of things. If it's to go and go to therapists and talk things out, you know, if it's every week or every once a month or whatever, then check yourself. You know what I mean? Like check yourself. And because that not only helps you, but it's going to help your whole community. No, some definitely great points. Because again, those, you know, I always can call them the mental check-ins. People say, oh, I don't have time for it. I'm like, okay, if you got time to brush your teeth, you can do you can do your mental check-in while you're brushing your teeth. I agree. I agree. You got 24 hours in a day. You can't, you don't have a couple minutes to take care of yourself, your mental state, your well-being. So, yeah, I totally agree. Um, and I'm incorporating some, some other things like, you know, I didn't, I didn't uh, do before, like the yoga and, you know, just taking my meditation time to myself and, um yeah, just 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 these long walks and um, just kind of like uh, even writing out thoughts, writing out, writing out thoughts, and then going back to look at them and see and understand. Okay, I get in that state of mind around certain things and you know certain incidences, so I, I can understand that a lot better. And it sounds like for yourself, you know, a lot of grounding, a lot of mindfulness, a lot of you know, bring yourself back to a center. It's being a big coping yeah. for you. Yes, yes, yes. And that, like, um, just to point out one of those, uh, my understanding of the neurofeedback thing, it, it taught me more about the bioelectrical part of our operating system. And 
like uh, it made me think about it. And when you talk about neurons and how they fire in the gut and that connection to the vagus nerve, like, ah, oh, okay. Um, even put you over in the nutrition part, you know? So uh, that's, like I said, one size protocol doesn't fit all. Um, but I've tried enough to where I kind of figure out what works best for me. Um, and, you know, next step is try to be my best me with what I have left. And in terms of the neurofeedback, how long is that process normally take for an average individual? I know it might um, vary. I, mine was 24 treatments. I did it twice a day. Um, I think it was about uh, maybe an hour or uh, maybe not that long. Um, maybe a little less than that. And about the fifth, sixth one, I could notice a change. Um, and like it's no after effects. I mean, like, uh, um, and it, it did. It, it, I guess what it did was it just calm that electrical part because I didn't have that anxiety, and I could you know finally see stuff and had a pace um, as as before. Jeez, man, I'm all over the place. Yeah. Um, so be able to gain more insight into yourself, so you can be able to function and, like I said, re- react and respond to situations in an improved way. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like if it's a stressful situation, it kind of like let me allow me to look at things first before I react to it. You know, um, unlike football, where you react. You know what I mean? Like, no, not here. No, uh-uh. you have to. Okay, see what it is. And by the time I figure it out, I'm not, you know, all that built up energy is gone. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, use that brain. And in terms, of, like I said, present day, you know, what are some of the, you know, is there any big projects coming up for, for yourself that you're working on or anything that you like to share, like I said, for? Yeah, man. So about two years ago, I jumped in a course here funded by the NFL Trust and uh, with, and it was a culinary course, two years, uh, about a year and a half, I think. Um, and, you know, came out as a chef with a little diploma and kept going uh, and ended up in chocolate. And, uh, I don't know if it's the approach of the, the the science, the physics approach to it, or the taste. Um, but you know the, the the process of doing it, and you have to be there the whole time. It's been helpful, and I make a good product. So I, I'm taking and turning that into a business and telling the story behind it of getting there. Okay. So. Yeah. So that's something people can kind of keep an eye out, kind of coming out in the near future, I guess, is it? Yes, yes, yes. Working with, uh, meeting with the production team tomorrow, as a matter of fact. Um, then I'm heading down to Charleston here soon to meet with a potential partner. So, yeah, I'll keep you posted on all that. But, you know, it's like, it's kind of like my uh, jumping up, kicking my heels on making it this far. So, you know, relay the story and Maybe I'm the one that pulled many out with the story you're going to relate to. And it's great to see for, you know, you can kind of use your story, your experience, like I said, to promote, you know, positive change in the future. And a great, you know, combination of chocolate and a great story and a great, you know, learning opportunity. Yeah. I love the combination. Hey, man, you can't beat it, man. <laughs> can't beat it. No, no, that's awesome to hear. Yeah. One thing, Reggie, we always kind of end off with, is I call it the three rapid questions. So it's just three questions. Like I said, the first things kind of come to mind. So when you hear the term well-athlete, what's the first thing you think about? Or what do you think makes a well-athlete? Full conscious physically and mentally. Um, yeah, fully conscious athlete, mentally and yeah. physically. 
like a holistic approach. I like it. Yes. In uh, in terms of what is one moment in your athletic career that will be the biggest one that stands out for you? Um, the from my first NFL play of my career was a fumble recovery on the first play of the game against Cincinnati, oh, Cleveland in 1994 when I was in Pittsburgh. Special moment for sure. Yes. And what would you say brings you peace today? Um, Knowing that, knowing and believing that there's going to be a brighter day. I mean, I'm not, it's the light is bright now, but you know, from here, from these doctors and having the understanding I have, it's like, it could be, it's going to be even brighter. That's great. You know, Wally, I'm glad to hear, like I said, you're doing well. It was an honor, like I said, to meet you back in Atlanta back in 2017, and I'm glad to hear things are moving forward for you as well. Likewise, man. Thanks for the time, and it's always a pleasure. It's glad to see you again. Glad to see you up and running and doing big things. Yes, I appreciate it, man. Like I said, hope you all the best. And like I said, keep us updated with the uh, the new venture in chocolate. We'll definitely uh, want to hear more about that. I sure will, my friend. Folks, if you enjoyed today's episode and want to check out other episodes, check us out on Spotify, Apple, Audible, and Podbean. You can also follow us on social media at Wellness Athletic Services on Facebook and Instagram. If you have any questions or ideas for the show, feel free to email us at wellnessathleticservices at gmail.com. Thank you and stay well. Mm-hmm.